Oh. <laughs> start it off right. Just start punching stuff right off the gate. As we do. Yeah. Next, you have to rip your boom arm off the table. Rawr. Yeah, I just have to start just start kicking shit. <laughs> 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 Going crazy. Episode 50. I mean, I know technically it's not episode 50, but it's episode 50 in the, the canon of co-ops. It's numbered episode 50. It's numbered episode yeah. 50. How many have we actually done? I, I didn't. I should have looked. I should Probably have like looked fifty-five. Too. I'm. I want to say fifty-three or fifty-four if you don't count the way too late episodes. Okay. I count those. They're very long. <laughs> That's true. They're like three each. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're like three minisodes put into a megasode. Yeah. Probably like megasode. Well, uh, <laughs> again, we're kicking it off live uh, from the office and. Um, We've we've set up. We've got some new things that we're setting up. Some new things that we're trying. Um, always trying to improve. Um, so let us know if it sounds weird. Uh, chats up. We'll try to we'll, we'll try to look at it as much as we can. But um, let's uh, let's kick off into the episode. Hello and welcome to the Co-Hops Podcast. I'm Garrett, and as always, we're joined with Nick. Nick. Yep, that's me. And? Hello, I'm Zach. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's weird. We're, I'm still getting used to us all sitting down together and talking and trying to make this show, so uh, excuse me for uh, steamrolling you guys. It's, it's amazing <laughs> not having a half second of input lag uh, between everything that we say. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And it just being real time and being able to talk to each other like normal people in the meatverse look each other in the eyes make extended <laughs> uncomfortable eye contact i love this eye contact it's, it's not uncomfortable we're gonna do it the whole time yes zach you can't join no yeah that's right look at that screen over there <laughs> yeah look at the arcade cabinet <laughs> well, soon to be joined by another one yeah soon to be joined by another one as zach starts uh, oh, no. oh that's gonna break that's gonna break <laughs> for sure uh, you're gonna have to explain to Chip uh, yeah. <laughs> when that breaks. When he eventually watches this uh, two years in the future, yeah, um, right. he won't ever watch it. Let's he, be no, he won't ever watch it. That's true. So audio um, only fan. We are audio con- only fans. What? <laughs> <laughs> we are continuing to talk about beer and feature a beer every week, and we'll talk about one of our favorite hobbies, passions, whatever you want to call it, video games. Uh, this week, uh, we had some more travels from a member of our party. Uh, Nick went to PAX West down in Seattle uh, a couple weekends ago. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Nintendo Direct and the Sony State of Play that both uh, debuted today. So some cool stuff coming out of there. We'll be talking about, you know, what we liked about it and uh, my cold, cold, dead heart. <laughs> uh-huh, um, right. <laughs> so without further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Zach, who uh, picked the beer of the week. Yeah, this one was um, so I, I went I picked up Nick to, to head over here and record. And I decided to wait and pick the beer until right before we recorded. And I have. We're going through the. So uh, I didn't have the mic unmuted the whole time that we've been streaming. Oh, but it's recorded for the uh, the podcast. So um... okay, great. Well, <laughs> to any, anybody out there watching, sorry, but we've got it. 
In the archive. <laughs> you didn't miss anything good except for the intro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. You have to listen to the actual episode. Listen to the first five minutes of the episode when it comes out. And that, then you can that's, turn it That's DLC. That's yeah. DLC. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Literally downloadable content. Oh, yeah. All this right. is the early access version. Well, so as, uh, as far as the beer goes, uh, I decided I wanted to pick last minute, just right before coming here, and I... Didn't know exactly what I wanted, so Nick and I were going through the the aisle at, at the beer store. Not the beer store, the Fred Meyer store. Yeah, yeah, but, at the grocery store that has <laughs> a significant beer it section. Does. Like, it's pretty impressive. It's not the boutique beer store that uh, we go to from time to time, but, like, it's it's not bad at all. No, it, it, they've got a fairly good selection, and, and we're going through, and I'm like, oh, this one looks cool. Oh, but it's Fort George. We had them fairly recently, I think just, like, two episodes, three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. This one has cute art, but it's an IPA, so we just did those. Well, I was doing that for you, Nick. Oh, thank you. I would always pick it. Oh, sure. I saw one that was a double IPA, and it had a dog in a tent, and I was like, oh, Garrett would like this one. Yeah, uh-huh. that would be pretty good. I like dogs. But what what I settled <laughs> on was um, this is from Asahi Breweries Limited, and it is super dry. Indeed. And... I saw this and I went, I have no idea what kind of beer this is. And I'm looking at the bottle, reading the description, and all it says is that it's super dry. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, so I'm going to pick it. Yeah. Yeah. Taking me back to Japan, man. This is like practically what you drink everywhere there. It's a product of Italy, Garrett. Really? That's yeah, what it apparently. says right here. It's the first thing you, <laughs> it's, if it's, you start at the top, it's the first thing you read. And what is label. it? Is it Sapporo, uh, which is made in Japan? I can't remember. Pretty sure Sapporo is made in the U.S. Is it made in the U.S.? Oh, man. What am I trying to think of? There's a, I don't know. There's it could, a it Japanese... Could, it could be this. Anyway. It's just mm-hmm. Japanese-Italian. Yeah, yeah. Jap- it's Japanese-Italian. Yeah. yeah. I know Suntory whiskey they is eat, made They eat Japan. lasagna with, with uh, chopsticks. <laughs> they eat lasagna with chopsticks. <laughs> so the, uh, the description on the back of this says Spaghetti that, anime. Um, <laughs> I'm sure... That's Cowboy Bebop. Spaghetti anime. Uh, description on the back says, Asahi Super Dry is brewed to the authentic Japanese recipe to deliver its dry, crisp taste and quick, clean finish that complements all occasions. This distinctive dry taste is known as Karakuchi. Puh, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but I'm going to say I did. It, it's n- near enough. Near enough. A taste we're dedicated to mastering by using only the finest ingredients and continuously advancing our brewing technology. So it is 5.2% ABV. And we've got 21 fluid ounce bottles here that we are very much drinking in the way that you're supposed to be drinking beer. Uh-huh. Definitely pouring it into a glass. Chip, if you're not watching this, don't don't watch the video. What you don't know is that I have a surgically installed glass funnel in my mouth. So <laughs> it counts. It gets filtered through uh, from one glass to another into my gullet. So um, immediately, <laughs> just smelling it, it smells like Coors Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's got um, it. I got to remember to talk straight into the mic. Uh, it it definitely is kind of just one of those cold, refreshing beers, and it has a little bit of a unique taste. Just like mm-hmm. Coors Light tastes a little bit different from Bud Light, Asahi tastes a little bit different from Coors Light. Yeah, I mean yeah. it. It tastes. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> there's not much. Apparently, this is a quick, clean finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Til. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it is refreshing. It's a it's a nice summer beer, and for being like a light beer sort of flavor, um, it is five point two percent. So it's yeah. it's like not not 
light in that sense. It's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Like, it's not offensive. It doesn't taste like water in the way that a lot of light beers do. Um, I I would uh, I liked the Firestone Walker eight hundred five. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but I I feel like I I like this about the same amount. Like it is kind of a a better version mm-hmm. of the kind of cheap beer that that you can get. And yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's fun uh, having a product of. Well, Italy. Theoretically, Japan. <laughs> Japitaly. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, uh, it just the... sounds wrong. <laughs> it just sounds wrong. So on the front, it has some additional information I see. It says, uh, Asahi Superdry is brewed with the precision to very high... Two, two, wait, brewed with precision. I can't read. <laughs> to very high quality standards under the supervision of Japanese master brewers. Mm. Our advanced brewing techniques deliver a dry crust taste, blah, blah, blah. So made in Italy under the watchful eye of of their their senpai mm. yeah much like toyota <laughs> <laughs> yeah although i think those are made in japan are some of them some of them okay. are some of them are i'm yeah. not gonna pretend to know <laughs> um yeah I, I mean it's great uh i i like pairing it with um so i've had this many many times before but like just some like uh, like a warm noodle dish mm-hmm. is very very good it's nice and refreshing especially lasagna. if you have something really so- yeah yeah just like a, a big <laughs> plate of lasagna you know spicy lasagna it's a warm noodle dish <laughs> it's a warm noodle dish yeah your fettuccine alfredo and asahi nights i mean uh, yeah, i guess i guess don't forget the ragu <laughs> mama's ragu <laughs> Well, um, let's move on to what we've been playing this week. Uh, Nick, let's start with you. Oh, yeah. So um, in uh, seemingly typical fashion, uh, talking to Zach about a game got me interested in it. And then I (laughs) played a lot more of it than he did, Um, just like Yakuza Zero before us. um, Mm -hmm. uh, Zach mentioned that uh, he found on sale uh, a game that he was uh, going to play some split screen with his wife uh which is uh, tiny tina's wonderlands the borderlands style game kind of a uh an expansion of the concept from tiny tina's assault on dragon keep the borderlands 2 dlc oh yeah yeah which eventually got split off as its own like standalone dlc if you want to just play that but uh which i think was not too long ago kind of yeah, it's like $10 or something, and you can just play that part, which if you haven't played Borderlands before, you don't know what it's about, that's where I would jump in. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is, that's a great little story. It's really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, it has references to, like, the rest of Borderlands. Like, a lot of the characters show up in it, but you don't really need, like, it's just kind of a fun extra if you recognize these characters from their standard versions. Because yeah. the, the conceit of these stories is that, uh, Tiny Tina, a character in the in Borderlands 2, is running a uh, role-playing game, a tabletop role-playing game called Bunkers and Badasses. It's uh, a great name. It's really good. It is. Um, and not similar to anything else recognizable. Yep. So not non-infringing name. Not at all. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, Wizards of the Coast, please leave us alone. Um, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, so it's, it's this kind of unhinged explosive loving teenage like young teenager uh in charge of the the world uh and so it it has the sort of borderlands fun jokiness but also it it like 
takes it that extra level further because it is a fantasy world within that world. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it it's uh, it has like the Borderlands games before it. It uh, has a lot of humor to it, and I think having having this uh, layer of abstraction really really helps uh, with that. Even like um, at one point there is. Uh, one of the uh, companion characters, which I'll, I'll talk about in a moment, uh, points out a plot hole of, like, why are we lighting a fire underwater? Um, and Tina's like, uh, uh, you're, you're ambushed. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so a bunch of enemies show up and their names are, uh, um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just... So I've got a question, though. So Tiny Tina, like uh, the character herself, mm-hmm. in Borderlands 2, thought, very well-written character, like, very tragic. I mean, like, everybody. It's, like, a tragic, twisted backstory. Three was just, like, <laughs> awful. It was so bad. And I don't have to talk about how much I dislike the writing in three. You, you already have. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I already have. I already have. So Go back. Um, how is how is the how is this in comparison? How is Wonderlands in comparison? Well, I haven't played three, but I do. Mm, I, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I've heard. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really liking it. Like, uh, they don't touch on the tragic backstory as much, but it comes up from time to time. Right. Um, cause like it's tiny Tina writing these characters. And so like she writes kind of weird, goofy losers, uh, who are unloved by society. Cause like, yeah, there you go. Um, what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's well written. Especially um, you have these two companion characters. Like the the story setup is that uh, there are a couple of people who whose ship crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're like mercenaries, adventurers, whatever, um, and they landed near Tiny Tina's cave. So they're hanging out with her, playing bunkers and badasses because they have nothing better to do. Um, but they they aren't actually in the game with you. They just kind of like hang out with you and and comment on stuff okay um uh they they try to make character sheets and tina says you guys can't be trusted with pencils let alone dice so you're just going to be advisors (laughs) (laughs) so narrator two and three pretty much yeah yeah basically um but they're they're really great they're voiced by uh andy sandberg and wanda sykes so right i knew it had like some all-star cast yeah yeah and they're both really good and they play off of each other really well um, like Andy Samberg is this kind of like head empty. Uh, every every solution I suggest is seducing the yeah. whatever. Um, so his character in Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, Wanda Sykes is a robot who like loves the rules and knows everything about bunkers and badasses, and so she's always the one doing the the rules lawyery things, and it's. Uh, <laughs> It's a lot of fun, um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's also got the typical Borderlands gameplay of having like really big levels that you roam through and explore and find loot and find secrets and um, like that. That super addictive gameplay loop is uh, is absolutely present. And it's been a little while since I've played one of these. It's been since 
because I didn't play the pre-sequel mm -hmm. and I didn't play three. So yeah. I think it's been the perfect amount of time for me to really, really sink into it. I'm jealous because I wish that I could start from that place too. <laughs> yeah, but right? I, I still, I still will probably end up playing it eventually. And I learned from Zach that it has crossplay. So does. Uh, when I eventually get it on PC, we can all play together. Yeah, and that that is really cool. Um, it has crossplay. It also has uh, local split screen. So oh, like, nice. Lauren and I played a little bit of it together. Nice, um, which was pretty cool. And yeah, I've been really enjoying it. I just hit the level cap, uh, and I'm I'm pretty pretty near to the end Dang. of the the story. But I've also been doing all the side quests because mm -hmm. they're they're fun. They're all really well written. There are a lot of jokes. Like um, I just did a Witcher reference quest nice um called the ditcher with, with um <laughs> i think it's actually garrett of trivia so <laughs> yes <laughs> being recognized for my greatness <laughs> yeah right um but yeah it's it's great i definitely recommend you check it out as somebody who is like a lapsed borderland borderlands fan who really really liked to uh and one um but especially two i think this this like hits the high points that that i was looking for and um, it, it does a really interesting thing with uh, character creation, too, because the, um, the prior Borderlands games had characters where you pick a character and they yeah. have three skill trees you can choose to invest in. Um, but in this one, you're a like, nameless newbie character, um, but you pick a class at the start of the game, which mm -hmm. is a skill tree, and then you can later on, at a certain point in the story, pick... Uh, any other class to multi-class into nice. and that's your secondary skill tree uh, and there are a lot of really really interesting combinations um yeah there's a, a lot of a lot of cool stuff you can you can make work and uh especially with um they've added uh, a new class uh blight caller who focuses on elemental damage uh in dlc hmm. which just recently came out cool so nice. yeah tiny tina's wonderlands uh highly recommended uh i yeah, check it out. Nice. Zach, what about you, man? I just wanted to quickly add, my only, we played a little bit of Tiny Tina's, my wife and I, mm -hmm. and the only thing we found was that we couldn't see fucking anything when we were playing split screen. Like, the text is so tiny. Oh, yeah. Because it mashes it together. And we're just yeah. like, we were both, we got up off the couch and we're standing like two feet from the TV <laughs> like, what the fuck does yeah. that say? And how big is your TV? It's not gigantic. No, I know. But it's, but not, it's like 55. It's not tiny yeah, by any means. Not Tiny Tina, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's but, one thing you were telling me. You're like, the text is so fucking small when yeah, you played split screen. We couldn't see. So we, we like, we we didn't help. Can, been can't you put it in olds mode? <laughs> olds mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd been drinking a little bit. So by the time we, we were like, I don't remember how far we got. We played for like an hour maybe. And we were just like, we don't have the patience for this right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we played Guitar Hero instead. Oh, nice. Yeah, of course. That's great. Yeah. Uh, little dots running up a uh, uh, runway or whatever. What do they call it? I think they call it the runway. I don't know. The fretboard. Sure. Oh, Why not? Much easier to see. There's there's some name that people call it, like the note track. Or something like that. Yeah. I just know that it makes my vision, like if you stare at a single thing, it you get that. that oh, the Tetris tra effect. The track. Yeah. I told you yeah. that that yeah. was happening to me. It's no, so I funny. know. That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> dude, I played hundreds I and hundreds of hours of Guitar Hero. Like I was, I was sharing. I mean, this cut might bleed over, but I was sharing some of my scores. I was like, oh, Zach, I just beat this game. <laughs> or I just beat this track. And you're like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I just beat Tom Morello. And you're like, oh, okay. okay. So I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was, 
I'm, I've moved on to Guitar Hero 5 at this point. Yeah. You moved on? Moved 3 on. is the pinnacle. But I beat 3. Okay. I'm moving on. Okay. Yeah. I played... Uh, I started Metallica, then I fucked up my disc. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh, that was a... Uh, Terrible. For those who are maybe not aware of the tragedy of the Xbox 360... Uh, <laughs> it's it, not a tragedy. It, well, it's a critical design issue. It can be played vertical okay. or seated. Okay. Put, seated. Put... <laughs> Put a disc into a PS3 and then knock that shit over and tell me that that doesn't yeah. get fucked up. Well, I probably would too. Yeah. I've just never done it. <laughs> I've done it many times on a 360. Put, put a disc in a Wii and knock it over while it's on. I'm doesn't, per- doesn't happen. What? Yeah, I've done Wii, that. The Wii has protections. Yep. What? I think the PS3 might too. I think later versions of the 360 did have protections, but the early models, yeah. which is what I have, yeah. if, I, if it's vertical and you knock it over, your disc just has a ring just engraved in it. And I did that with my Guitar Hero Metallica, and I was very sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently that game's like 50, 60 bucks still? Yeah, it's fairly expensive. Yeah. yeah. The the one time I did that was uh, when uh, when the 360 was the new console, and I, I had rented the relatively new release, Army of Two, and then I knocked it over and broke the disc and had to pay for a replacement. Then you so. had to pay for two. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So, um, I guess, what, what have I been playing? I have been fairly stagnant outside of just playing guitar, just a couple songs every night, basically. And I was looking at my Steam Deck, and I was like, I should play something on here. Like, it, I haven't used it in a little bit, and I, it's expensive. And so, <laughs> I was like scrolling through my spaceship. list. Yeah, I use that every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just yeah. not for games. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is a uh, streaming box. A five hundred dollars streaming box. Yeah, my but, my PS five is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure machine now. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's also what I'm playing Tiny Tina. Yeah, it's great. But anyway. But yeah, so I'm looking at my Steam Deck and I was scrolling through the list and I was like, oh, I remember I bought recently. Um, there was a bundle and it had Journey and Flower, and I was like, oh. I know of Journey. I've never played Flower, so I installed oh. it because it said it was short. That game runs like ass on the Steam Deck, even though it says it's verified. It has so many graphical errors. Yeah. yeah. I just was like, I played it for five minutes and I uninstalled it. I was like, no thanks. That's like <laughs> particle affects the game. So well, it's just weird because it says it's verified. It's like no issues. And then it's just like the grass is just like flickering when you're trying to play it. I'm like, <laughs> weird. Uh. That sounds like a personal problem, Zach. <laughs> yeah. so, I think you need some Geek Squad for your Steam Deck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I uninstalled that and then I was scrolling through the list and I was like, oh, yeah, I bought as well. Um, I bought Dust Door a while ago in a bundle with Inscription and Loop Hero. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. That's and a great bundle. So I, I installed Dust Door. I remember hearing that it was a Zelda-like, and that was about all I knew about it. Mm-hmm. And Sold. so, yeah, pr- <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I loaded it up, and I, I've been playing it um, not a ton. I'm about three hours in or so, which mm-hmm. it's not a long game, apparently, because it says I'm, says I'm 30%, so it's probably about a 10-hour game. And it's it's really fun. It's The combat can be challenging, but in a way where you feel stupid when you die, because you're like... I pressed the wrong button, or I dodged the wrong way, mm-hmm. or... I made too many mistakes. So yeah, it, it doesn't feel unfair. It just feels like, God, I'm stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not the game did this to me. It's like, I did this to myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, like, I've died a fair amount because I'll, like, go to attack something, and then they'll hit twice when I expect them to hit once. I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. all right, well. Then the next time you go and you beat them and you move on. So it's 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 not hard, but it can be... It's punishing? Mm, punishing isn't even the word. I would just say it's challenging. Because okay. you have to really pay attention to what the enemy is doing if you're yeah. going to try to make it through without dying on the first try. So it's not just like a hack and slash then? No, I would say it's much 
so it has it definitely has Zelda elements mm-hmm. of the older style, like Link to the Past style, okay. not newer style Zelda yeah. at all. Yeah. And it's definitely got those elements of specifically the dungeon exploring and puzzle solving because mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, they're very simple. They're not challenging puzzles at all. It's like you know I gotta blow up this wall to proceed, but I gotta find a way to blow up the wall because I don't have bombs, right? Like so okay. it's that it's like very simple. Hit it harder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> I tried it. It didn't work. Hey, Zach, why don't you have an exploding crow wing that you can just? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess that's worth noting. If you don't know what Destor is, you are a crow who is a reaper, and basically the the simple premise of the game is that you get sent right at the start of the game. You get sent on on a mission to reap a soul, and the guy tells you he's like, hey, just as a reminder, when the door opens, you're mortal and you age. So apparently you're immortal in your in your Reaper world, mm-hmm. and you go into this world and you're looking around and you come across this um, gigantic old crow and he's like, "Yeah, I can't like all the souls are stolen. They're behind this door that we can't open." Oh, he's like, "I'm old as shit because I've been here forever because I can't get my soul." And uh, oh. so then a plot gets devised to how to open the door, and that's that's a way, and away you go. Okay. And there's very little story or explanation. It's just like have at it. Just wander, wander around and figure out what you got to do. That's mm. pretty cool because like that's a pretty strong setup, and then you you get to just have the tone of the world not really getting in the way. Because like when I think about Zelda type games, uh, which it's funny. Uh, when you say Zelda-like game, I only think of the old ones. I don't think of the mm-hmm. 3D ones at all. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's... they don't make good 3D Zelda likes. That's why. Uh, yeah, Darksiders. Darksiders is good, but I haven't played it, so I can't can't speak to it. It's Darksiders good. is good. At least the first one. I started playing the second one. I'm like, there's too many items. I think there's yeah three. No, or there four, there are there are three, and three is like Dark Souls. They like made the combat like Dark oh, okay. Souls. So and like, then there's also a tactics like real time tactics thing. Oh weird. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you Genesis? Yeah, Genesis. Yeah, it's like oh, a, that's the one I was thinking. It's like of three. So there's four total. Yeah, there's four. Okay. Yeah. So, but the first one, just Darksiders, is straight up like it's Metal Zelda. It's Metal Zelda. I've, I've heard it's good. I remember starting it a long time ago. I think on PC, yeah. and there was like hugely problematic graphical errors at the time, so I couldn't play uh, it. Yeah, the port was bad, but they have the uh, Definitive Edition or whatever. Yeah. De- De- Death Siders, Death. I, I don't I don't know. We, it could be any type of death pun, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I bet you it's probably Steam verifi- deck verified. So you I own it on deck. Switch, actually. Funny enough. Hey, oh, great. Well, and, then play and Steam. There. But... Well, then play it, Zach. <laughs> you own it twice. Play yeah, it. Yeah, you should check it out. But anyway, when I think of Zelda-type games, I and even the, the more modern-type ones, uh, I, I tend to think of a pretty like lonely, ponderous adventure yeah. where you're spending a lot of time like taking in the environments and exploring and not a lot of time like talking to people which i I think is another reason why majora's mask is so weird and interesting and you're weird and interesting and like like you offended garrett get out of his house so i'm not saying it's it's bad the the more i think about majora's mask the more i think i want to go back and play it and give it another try because it's like like when i first played metal gear solid 2 i was like what is this? This is dumb. And then the second time I played it, I was like, this is so subversive and cool. And it plays with your expectations. And I have a feeling it'll be the same when I go back to Majora's Mask, Mm -hmm. especially the 3DS version, which makes a lot of the logistics of it not suck. Yeah. So I've heard mixed things about that. Uh, I have not played the 3DS version. I've only played the N64 version. I know Garrett has played the 3DS version. I own it. 
I, I remember reading about it, and someone was saying it made the game worse in some aspects. So may, huh. maybe pick no. and choose. I don't know. No. Huh. I, it made it way better. The biggest quality of life. Have you played both? Of life, Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I played the N64 one. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't remember if you said you played that one or not. I have actually yeah. played both as well because I got the N64 one on Virtual Is Console. it on um, uh, Nintendo Switch Online yet? Or is it just Ocarina? Oh, it's just Ocarina. And when they, whenever they add whatever it's going to be the n64 version it won't be right because both of them had quality of life updates and uh, yeah. uh for the the 3ds i remember versions. hearing ocarina got like yeah. was pretty much universally agreed that it was better but i remember hearing some contentions on majora's mask but i've never played no, it so i can't uh, speak to, the, i don't even remember what the contentions were at this point. the <laughs> only difference with majora's mask is that you get you have the the bomber's notebook which is yeah. um in the game, there are things that you have to track because there's this time reset mechanic. Like every three days, right, the moon crashes in the, into the uh, planet and then the it's the end times, right? And then you start all the way back over and you lose a bunch of stuff. So yeah. uh, the Bomber's Notebook is just like referential. It's almost like a codex in the original game. So you have to like go back to it and like read and remember shit. But what you can do in the Bomber's Notebook in the DS version is open it up and actually set alarms and appointments. So you can be like, on the second day, like, I met this person and he gave me this hint. So on the second day, when the mailman shows up in... whatever the main the main coco rico village or whatever termina termina whatever there you go there you go i remember shit (laughs) (laughs) uh you go into termina it's like oh he's gonna be here at this time you can set an alarm so like you could be in the middle of a dungeon it's like bing 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 and then you can go oh just warp go back do the event and then go back to the dungeon Mm -hmm. so it makes it makes the element that a lot of people didn't like which was the time crunch a lot more manageable because you can actually manage your time and schedule things out in your notebook rather than having to be like oh shit, it's the dawn of the third day and I was supposed to do it yesterday and now I'm going to lose all these items when I go back to the first day. Yeah, now this loop is ruined. Yeah, um, exactly. Amazingly, I've never beat Majora's Mask. I've played yeah. a lot of it, but I didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't own it for a long, long time. I just yeah. borrowed it. And uh, so once my friend wanted it back, it's like, well, I guess I'm done. I feel like this is a Final Fantasy VIII situation where you guys are going to both play it and you're going to be like, Gary, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> like, what, no. Why do you like well, this Well, you are stupid about Final Fantasy VIII. You shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, I agree with Zach on that one, but but uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think that uh, whenever I go back to Majora's Mask, I think I will like it more. But but yeah, it, it the changes, as I recall, mostly take things that you could have done on paper or in your head before and mm-hmm. make them happen in the game. So it's, yeah. it's kind of like if they remade the first Metroid and gave you a map. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. That exists. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's so good. Wait, yeah, what? I know, right? No. Metroid Zero Mission. They don't make things better. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to see if I can find the article that I read. I, I just I remember reading it one time, and I don't remember um, anything about it other yeah. than them saying, like, it's not better. At, anyway. huh. Well, now that we're nine steps away from Death's Door. Uh, yeah. one, Zelda. Just one step. Zelda to... No, well, they're not the same. Dark Side Zelda's Zelda. not a crow. Zelda's not a crow. Ze- well, Zelda's a crow. <laughs> no, Zelda's not a crow. <laughs> but <laughs> Is Link the Reaper? Uh, if he's, if he's uh, Dark Link. Oh no! Dark yeah. Link is a chump. Dark Link's an angel, and regular Link's the Reaper. There you go. Interesting. Here's my 40 minute video essay on yeah it. on why Link is the <laughs> is the villain. I think, I think this video <laughs> essay needs to Zelda. exist, and it just needs to be bullshit. Just, <laughs> you just need to make up shit that doesn't even link together. That sounds hey, great. I feel like we could just like make a rant uh, yeah. about that. Maybe that's what we should we should just pivot to making like false rants. Yeah. Just drink a lot. About and things say that don't matter. Okay, hold on, hold on. About things that don't matter. Yeah. Okay. We're not coming for Alex Jones. <laughs> no, we're not. 
will be known as the Alex Jones of the video game oh, <laughs> industry. No. I don't know that I want that title, Garrett. Zach <laughs> exclusively wants that title. It's a dubious honor. So anyway, uh, Death Store, Zelda-like in some ways, uh, a little bit in combat, mm. mostly noticeable in, like Nick was saying, the exploration of the world because it's very much just like wander around, figure out where you can go because there will be things blocked by abilities you don't have. And so you have to like, you're like, oh, well, I know I got to come back here. I can see this glimmering ass wall, but I can't blow it up. So mm-hmm. clearly I'll come back. And um, yeah, it's fun. It's the combat is it's satisfying. It, it's it got that kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, it's got that like chunky feel of like you, it's satisfying when you hit something. Yeah, um, it's heavy. And it's hefty. got, it's got some challenge to it. Um, the plot is interesting enough, despite there being almost none of it that's like presented to you. Um, I did like, I ran into this little forest creature and he was like, a frog sat on my brother until his insides became his outsides. And I was like, (laughs) all right, you just say that to a stranger crow. Got it. Cool. (laughs) And then I went back to talk to him because I was like, I want to take a picture of that. And he's like, we put marshmallows on our sticks so we don't hurt each other. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, interesting. I was what like, weird little dude. All right. Well, that's that's a creature. Okay. But it's I, fun fun game. Um I would definitely if I don't think it's expensive. It's a it's a devolver game as well. I don't think it's expensive, but I think it's like 20 bucks, maybe 25 yeah, at I, full price. I would give it a rec- recommend so far. Like I said, I'm about a third of the way through it seems. Um I I would it's fun if if you enjoy that type of game. It's yeah. fun. If you don't yeah, like yeah. old style Zelda games, you probably won't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Tunic and Death's Door have both been on my list, but I'm like, I can't play the same style game back to back. Yeah. 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 Same. Uh, I'll, I'll report back. I don't. I don't plan to quit it. I'm. I was uh, trying to take a cue from Garrett and quit my game ADD. I'm like, I'm just gonna focus on this game. <laughs> yeah. and Play it. Yeah. Uh, until I'm done. Well, and that's recent. I mean, that's that's super recent for me because I've been trying to beat games and. Uh, I've talked for a couple weeks and a couple times on stream about Spider-Man, and I just finished Spider-Man. Yeah, um, it was great. It was fantastic. I, I played it during my lunches, so I have hour lunches, so I at least got to play about 40 minutes when it wasn't like super busy. And then um, I would just get up in the morning, do my normal morning routine, play like 15, 20 minutes, do a mission, grind out, because, I mean, it's an open world game, so it's like, go do this combat challenge and get a token, or go fight this crime and do this thing. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I really enjoyed that, but I was having a conversation with, uh, in the co-ops discord and I was like, yeah, but I, I can't play the same style of game back to back single player. Like mm-hmm. all the games are, that are really high on my to play list are all open world games. I've got horizon zero dawn, um, like ultimate or whatever definitive edition, uh, that I'm going to start on, on the steam deck. I've got, um, uh, Death Stranding that I've been really interested in playing, even though it seems like a game that would drive me fucking nuts. I still want to play it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, but it's cool. I've never played a Kojima game, like an actual one past like an hour. So I'm oh. really interested in playing well, the most Kojima game of Kojima. Metal Gear Solid Five. I, I played the intro and was oh. like, what the hell is going on? For and then, and and then I it goes, you had played a lot of it. And then I got to the part where Konami took over and they were like, <laughs> It's Assassin's Creed now, and I'm like, fuck this game. <laughs> and I just draw, I draw, there's like, here's 300 things to do, and I go, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, the intro's strange. Yeah. yeah. Let's not side tangent into that. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, what's the other one that, that's on my list? Uh, uh, there's It's another game that's open world. Ah, shit. Hmm. 
you're going to have to be more specific. There's about 300,000 yeah, of right. those. I know. I, anyway, I have several games that, that are... Two. I already beat Red Dead Redemption War, but 2. I play it again. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I have several open world games to play next, but I'm like, no, I have this backlog of games that I want to play. So um, I started... Uh, DMC five on my steam deck, oh, which yeah. is great. I won't talk a whole lot about it because, um, I just started it. I'm only on like chapter two or something like that. But what I really want to talk about is the game that I played the most, which was, uh, two ish hours yesterday. No, two days ago of grim dawn, which is an action RPG, which is mm. normally not a game that I like because I realized that I was playing with people in ARPGs where I wouldn't put as much time into it as they would. And they were like, let's have you play catch up. And then they would just drag me through. I was telling a coworker about this the other day. And it's like, imagine that you're going water skiing and somebody's like, anyone can learn to water ski. Okay. And then they go, okay, there you go. Hey, teach me. Okay. Instead of hold on to these, we're going to go really slow. No, they just go full forward and then they go, are you having fun yet as your your face is skipping off the you're, lake? You're drowning. <laughs> you're drowning. While as, simultaneously getting water burn on yeah, your face. And just, yeah, and not having a whole lot of fun. That's every ARPG that I've ever played. That's the experience I've had from Diablo 2 to Diablo 3 <laughs> to, to Wolson to um, Lost Ark to everything. Wolson's a French-developed, like... Um, Diablo like huh. it, it was like an indie. Never it, heard of that game. It, it's really really cool. They actually fixed it. I want to go back, but I won't talk too much about that. But um, Torchlight, Grim Torchlight yeah. was the same. And um, uh, well, it couldn't Titan be Quest. Torchlight. It would have to be Torchlight Two. Torchlight One in the multiplayer. That's anyway, true. anyway, Torchlight Two and uh, Titans Quest. I've been drugged through the main story of those and don't understand it and don't care about loot. I don't care about numbers. And I actually... Um, oh, if you don't care about loot, that's the wrong story. No, no, no. Yeah. No, but but here's the thing is I love Borderlands. And Borderlands is arguably third-person ARPG. Yeah, it it's Shooter it's, Diablo. It's, a, it's Shooter Diablo. Yeah. And so I never found my love for the, for the genre because all I know is that I'm running through maps. Things are exploding. I'm not doing anything but clicking a bunch. And yeah. getting an increasing carpal tunnel and then just <laughs> mashing my skills. I don't understand what's going on. I just know that damage numbers go in, monsters explode. And so <laughs> my friend David was like, hey, let's play a game uh, together. And I go, I'm feeling anything co-op. And he goes, have you played Grim Dawn? I go, I own Grim Dawn, but I was having the same experience and I just noped out of it. I was like in the middle of like the third map and I go, I'm not having fun, guys. I'm just, I'm going to leave. Yeah. And so we started a campaign. We started a campaign uh, on on Sunday, and he generously gave me the DLCs. Like, I want you to have all the classes, oh. you know. And I was like, oh, man, that, that's awesome. He goes, no, this is one of my favorite ARPGs of all time. Like, mm. dedicated. He played Path of Exile a whole bunch, Diablo 3, um, Grim Dawn a whole bunch. And Grim Dawn is made by um, a combination of people who were on the Diablo 2 team and also from THQ Nordic who were on the... Um, uh, Titan Quest team. That's cool. so very, you know, uh, very talented, experienced. experienced group of people making this ARPG, and it's kind of like a grim, dark, like fantasy. Like everybody's in like, like roughed up leather, and the like everything's like bolted together. <laughs> uh, it's just like a bolted together rusted sword or like a pistol or whatever. And the, the cover reminds me a lot of the cover for the Warhammer yeah. Vermintide games. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very like uh, old, old school fantasy Warhammer kind of. It's it, everything is like dirty. Everything is broken and rusted. There's like a lot of magic, and like people who can't wield magic are afraid of it. Yeah. So they like huddle together in clusters, and 
there's monsters that have infested the whole world. So I'm taking in some of the story, but I'm just having a lot of fun discovering the fun of ARPGs, like discovering why loot matters and mm-hmm. why your class advancement and what the skills that you pick and advancing those classes really means. And it's it's been so rewarding and so fun to actually have my first ever experience where I'm not being, to use my metaphor, drugged behind a boat swallowing water and drowning um it's i really 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 enjoy it and we played a couple hours uh i i picked a shaman in that world because i was i I go hey i want to play like a strong two-handed like warrior type he's like shaman i'm like okay sure and he goes shaman does lightning damage so whenever you pick up gear you want to make sure that it has um lightning damage like modifiers or elemental damage and i go okay so i started playing with my gear and and if i'd be like hey i want to level up he would like stop and he's like okay let's level up ask me questions so much like i do i feel like i do with people playing monster hunter i was like oh okay i'm finding the fun for myself so he picks up a unique two-hander that is like all lightning damage and i go oh sweet and he goes ah we have to get you to level 19 hey let's do this special challenge that gives us a lot of xp so we did this special challenge i got to 19 i put this thing in my and he goes how much did it increase your damage i was like 780 and he goes what the fuck what does your savagery say which is like your main damage stat i'm like 2875 he's like holy shit go hit something so i go up and and it just everything explodes he's like now take this take this skill and it gives you a cleave which uh hits multiple enemies in a 180 degree arc he's and he goes he's playing like a a a dot like caster type thing it's called a cultist nice so he goes i'm not gonna put my dot on him just run up to that group of enemies and i just deleted them and i was like oh this is cool i really like this that's the hook so what i'm hearing nick is that when diablo 4 comes out i'm gonna be able to get garrett to play with me okay as long as you don't play too far ahead i i don't have time to play games he's gonna (laughs) outpace me (laughs) i doubt it i doubt it there's a special place in zach's heart for blizzard games where he's just gonna outpace me for sure uh, but I mean, it, de- it depends on if Blizzard stops being shitty. So, um, well, it seems like under Microsoft's uh, finger, they'll be, they'll be whipped into shape. We will not talk about it this week because it's not my news week. But I have a new, I have a follow up to my uh, Overwatch Two news uh, that we'll have to wait till next week. <laughs> Overwatch Three announced. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but that that's not what we're talking about. But anyway, I just wanted to say Grim Dawn ARPG, uh, not a genre I, I generally like, but I'm having a lot of fun playing it. I just want to quickly, before we leave this section, is there a Grimdon 2, or am I thinking of a no. different game? Path okay. of Exile. No, I think I'm thinking of Blackguards, which I think is an entirely different game. Blackguards mm-hmm. is like a tactical RPG, yeah, I'm thinking of a different like game. dwarves. For some reason, I get those two mixed up in my head. I haven't yeah. played Grimdon. I, I mm-hmm. own it, and I've wanted to get to it. Yeah. Um, but the for some reason, I always think I get it mixed up with Blackguards, and I remember Blackguards 2 got terrible reviews. Hmm. Anyway, I, doesn't yeah. matter. I don't know. I get them mixed up. Yeah. They're not the same game. Sounds cool. Yeah, I'll pick it up fun. when I get a chance. It's fun. It, it and goes on sale all the time. It's four-player co-op, so it could be another co-op stream. Uh, David, if and you want to go... And you guys can drag us through yeah. behind the boat. No, I'll just make a new character. <laughs> sure. I'll make Try a new a character. Um, as Nick was saying, it, it pinged a thing in my brain. Um, Nick was saying in Wonderlands, you can multi-class. Yep. Uh, and, and as soon as you hit level eight, you can multi-class in this as well. That's cool. So you can go through, and when you multi-class, it actually calls your class something different. It and does. It's, in... ca- yeah, it's really cool. I really liked it yeah it does in um in tina's too like i am um uh there's like oh gosh i i forget um so i'm i'm playing a blight caller the the new class the elemental damage one and also um 
uh, I think it's spore warden. Um, <laughs> Some mushrooms. Uh, yeah, so it's it's like you have a mushroom companion friend, um, which is pretty cool. The spore warden is like like a a hunter type, so you get uh, bonuses like to your, pet. your gun damage, but then you also get a pet, mm. um, and the. Um, the pet does poison damage, which the blight collar really likes, and um, the uh, uh, the blight collar has uh, one of like its active skill, one of its choices for the active skill, which is like your your right trigger mm-hmm. or uh, right bumper um, uh, command, uh, is this like totem, this little turret that counts as a companion for the sake of companion damage buffs. And nice. so you, it's, it's a, it's a good pairing. I, I did some research, but, um, I think it's called, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what Taco called Hound. it, but, Taco. um, <laughs> that'd be my class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gain strength by eating tacos, tacos you find on the floor, tacos you find in a dumpster, tacos whatever. Tacos tacos, man. Tacos Taco tacos, Bell, man. taquerias, yeah. garbage tacos. Yeah. It's all right. Any taco, you'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Basically, if it's a if it's a, a piece of gluten wrapped around meat and cheese, I'm good. <laughs> That's sure. a burrito, but no, no, just in a in a half. Oh, in a like U. a soft taco. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it can be okay. fried. It can be baked. It can be. Soft. Can we say soft tacos? It can be flaccid. Soft tacos are just burritos. Can we can we all agree on that? No, uh, those are different things. Because they're not the U shape. They're they are burritos. Well, to to be fair, <laughs> a, a taco. Uh-huh. I mean, U shape is not. That's like a. That's an Americanized ass taco. Hmm. You go to. A, they're just flat. Yeah. You can well, eat you them however them you want. Up. You can. Well, you don't have to. Or I guess yeah. You can eat them however the hell you want. I thought that's sure. a tostada if it's flat. If it's no. hard. Well. If it's hard. Uh, if it's if if that tortilla be... is erect, it's a tostada. <laughs> how do you get if it's if it's erect? How do you get the meat and cheese on it? It just would slide off the sides. Just, just sour cream and stick it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sour cream is the glue oh, <laughs> oh geez well i looked it up uh it, the multi-class is called a shroom wraith um and and so like if you multi-class blight collar with the berserker which burr like cold because uh, it does cold damage gotcha. um it's a bogberian <laughs> nice great those are so, good names there, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff that's it's good i like that fun writing in that game i'll have to i'll have to check it out yeah and i'll have to check out grim dawn yeah Grim Dawn is good. Maybe we'll need to uh, bring David in along. He played uh, Payday with us on our Payday stream, so yeah, we can bring fun. him in and do uh, four-player Grim Dawn. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move into news for the week. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick had the opportunity to go down to Seattle and go to PAX West. So, Nick, yeah. why don't you uh, why don't you tell us about what you saw, what you did down there? Yeah. Well, PAX is strange these days it's very different from how it used to be um and it has kind of a lot of the worst parts of of what it was before have been accentuated uh, where uh it it has a lot of like what i liked about pax previously was that uh, you, it was an opportunity to access something akin to E3, but as a regular person. And so you'd get to play games early, get to see like booths for big upcoming stuff from big publishers. Um, and 
and check it out and feel kind of like you're a games journalist at E3. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and, and to like have access to these kinds of things. But as time has gone on, um, it, the, uh, especially like these last couple of years since, um, the pandemic made, uh, international travel a lot more difficult. Uh, there have been not nearly as many, uh, big, publishers like mm -hmm. nintendo and bandai namco were like the biggest names there and like sega mm -hmm. uh was there but um sonic's got to be at every convention yeah right gotta go fast and dragon ball there was yeah. a really cool splatoon booth um that uh for splatoon 3 that i thought about checking out but that gets to the other problem with modern packs which is just that it's incredibly busy yeah and there's uh there's especially on the weekend days there's just no room to breathe basically um listen, listen nick pax you're missing the next level play uh -huh. pax is doing 40 chess this is a real life video game it's waiting the simulator yeah yeah i mean yeah. It, it it really is and like i think i just don't have the patience for that anymore yeah especially when so much of the stuff there is so there, there are a handful of categories. One is games that have been out for a while that, like, they they are showing at the show to get eyes on it. Um, and then there is games that are in early access, and it's basically, like, the current early access build, maybe a build ahead, um, and uh, uh, which is a lot of, a lot of this stuff. Uh, or, like, there are also, um, like, the games that aren't, already out or early access often are not mm. things that are super exciting like they're i i struggled to find a lot of really interesting things to check out that i couldn't just check out at home yeah uh, like i played some um uh shovel knight treasure trove which is really cool but that game is out that game yeah. has been out for yeah. a while it has. <laughs> it's been out for a long time yeah i own that game <laughs> yeah um and that that game is cool it was next to um Ooh, like, did you get to see mina the hollower uh they didn't have it there the yeah i know right i don't know what those that's words so yacht club games the guys who made shovel knight yeah uh, their next game is Mina the Hollower, which I backed on Kickstarter, mm -hmm. and it's a Zelda-like, funny. Yeah. Um, so I'm extremely excited by the quality of Shovel Knight. I was just like, yep, here's money. You're making mm -hmm. Zelda? Okay. Yeah. So they didn't have it there. They had a Shovel Knight Dig Dug type game there that I didn't get a chance to play, okay. but did look kind of cool. Um, but that is not out. That might have been announced. Weird. Yeah, that is weird. Is it so Dig Dug style, not like Mr. Driller style? Uh hit oh jeez did you inflate enemies with your shovel or did you destroy them by jumping on their heads that's a good question all <laughs> I, see I'll... it wasn't even exciting to hold his attention <laughs> yeah 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 you can, you can tell nick is you not dug. an s-rank driller no i'm not um yeah i'm and, not a not a drillist <laughs> well it's it's funny going back to what you said about like being able to play things that are already out or that they're already in early access like for the price of your weekend pass and you were, you were staying with a family member, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so that was free. So that was free. But like, if you were going down and paying for like weekend of rooms and food and going to this pass, you could have probably purchased every game that was featured in early access and played it at home. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, like, like the probably the coolest booth uh, that I saw was the Larian Studios booth for Baldur's Gate 3, but that game is out in early access. Yeah, you can play a lot of (laughs) that But the booth was cool, but I don't know if it was worth a trip down to... (laughs) So here's my question, Nick. Yeah. I've never been to PAX. I've long wanted to go, but I've heard the same thing from other people that every year just kind of gets less interesting. Yep. I feel like I've missed my chance and like it's not worth it anymore. I think you have, uh, honestly. Um, like I I did not mind. I enjoyed more my time on Friday because I went Friday and Saturday and Saturday was just too busy and we left after not that long actually. Yeah. Um, but Friday was a lot less busy and there was room to sort of look around and wander and i think um like we are planning to go to the portland retro game expo soon and i think that that kind of uh convention is more the way to go of stuff that's that's more specific because just like evo evo was very specific and it it meant that it wasn't overwhelmingly busy and you knew that everyone around you was like kindred yeah. And, and so I, I think that um, that's more the way to go and that like uh, the bigger comic cons are more of a, uh, a model for what PAX is these days than, um, than even like Emerald City Comic Con, which is still pretty comics focused and pretty yeah. fun, actually. Yeah, I went, I went this year. It was fun. I, I wish I had. I plan to go probably instead of PAX next year, honestly. Yeah. But, I, I... I got one thing signed, and it's it's never gonna like, nobody cares. <laughs> it's the LJN Uncanny X Men. I had Chris Claremont <laughs> sign it. That's right, I remember. <laughs> Did, and I, wasn't he confused? Well, I went up to him and I said, "I have something different for you," and he, and he goes, "How different?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, hey, this is a video game." He's you like, scared Chris Claremont. How many like, people can say that? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Okay, okay." He's like, "I've had some strange requests." I'm like, "He's like, that's not that weird." I'm like, All right, <laughs> it's not not gonna like sign your baby. Yeah, you, you're like, can you sign across my three children's forehead? <laughs> yeah, can you sign my boxers I wore when I read this first issue? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I only peed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so excited by your art. I had to be I, honest. I, I know we're completely off topic, but it was very. I've never been to Comic Con before, and that was the only person I wanted to sign anything. It cost me ten bucks. It's worth more than oh. the signature. Cost me more than the game is worth. <laughs> yeah. For what? If anyone cares, that's fine. That's a terrible ass game, and <laughs> I had to wait in line for like fifteen minutes because the guy in front of me Whoa. was just issue after issue after oh. issue after issue. Wow. He paid two hundred dollars for signatures. Wow. Yeah, that's and funny. he didn't get. Well, the funny thing is, it's like. He didn't get any of them authenticated because um, oh. they, for it to be like truly valuable, it has to be authenticated, which means you have to pay for a representative to stand there and say, yep, we saw that this was Chris Claremont signing this. Mm. Like it can have some value without a COA, but if it doesn't have a certificate of, of authenticity, it's you're not going to get the same value, right? So, so this dude, for fun. he paid like $200 to have, this, to have Claremont send a bunch of random ass issues. And I'm just like, yeah. Ooh. I, I had, let's All see, right. last time I went to Comic-Con was probably 2019, and I think I, uh, Coley Hamner, the uh, the artist for Red, um, autographed that for me, which was cool, and uh, I actually got to chat with Mike Mignola for a while, or Mike Mignola, I forget which pronunciation it is, but... Um, His art's so cool. It, it's really cool. Um, I don't and know what's happening right now. It's Hellboy guy. Hellboy oh, guy. Hellboy creator. Okay. 
Yeah. If you if you haven't read it, I have the first like big volume of Hellboy. You should read it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys were saying names, and I just didn't. Hellboy. <laughs> It it took me a long time because I thought it would be like Spawn, where it's just like oh, edgy it's drastically and 90s. Different. Dude, I love Spawn. Yeah, <laughs> Spawn, love Spawn is Spawn. great for what it is, but it's way different than Hellboy. <laughs> Hellboy is like like French New Wave compared to Spawn. It's like it's it's very arty. It's very like there are like full page spreads that are just like beautiful yeah. landscapes with Hellboy like tiny jumping mm-hmm. across to just show the scale of how big this ruined building is. Yeah, but does he have a cape that takes up all the panels across two pages? <laughs> 37% so. of the comic book itself is just cape. Oh my god. Well, the kind Anyway, of, this is comic book to, cast. To so. to direct it back to Pax West, so yeah. Um, I heard, and, and maybe you guys have heard the same thing too, but um, so two things, two questions, I guess, to Great. see if you guys know. Perfect. Um, PAX is Penny Arcade Expo, right? Yep. But ha- the company that runs the event is now separated from Penny Arcade. Is that? I that This is just something I'm, that I've heard. I don't know if you guys hmm. have heard the same thing. I'm not sure that sounds about right. There, yeah. There is some like Penny Arcade influence, but it's been shrinking uh over the course of right. um uh of pax's time like it's right. it's less about penny arcade and more about like what having PAX this expo is. yeah yeah because like there there's stuff like acquisitions incorporated i'm pretty sure they still do uh the like live D show with jerry uh, and mike and other people okay well i was just wondering because i've also heard a, a rumor read some things that um, the 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 actual events company that runs and organizes PAX is doing E3 now. I don't think that, I think that's confirmed. Interesting. Okay. I, I don't and think it's a rumor. And that well, that's where I'm trying to yeah. go. Like you heard this hmm. too, right? And yeah. you know, maybe Nick hasn't. Heard, and I'm and yeah. I'm wondering. So I guess my question is now is like, okay, now that now that they have. Now that they have, um, now that they're going to be running E3, which is like the biggest, the, like one of the biggest, uh, well, I guess in North America, um, uh, what is that called? Like industry events, right? Mm-hmm. Where they do a lot of announcements and things, but a lot of people have kind of gone by the wayside. Xbox, PlayStation, they do their own live streamed events. Yeah, well, what is the biggest event now? Is it Gamescom, maybe? I think it's like is the Game Awards. The Game, Game Awards Game in Awards. North America. It's the Game Awards. I mean, I for mean, just sure. in general, like it used to be three, um, obviously. But well, uh, Tokyo Game Show yeah. starts yeah. tomorrow or Thursday. Oh, okay. Starts Thursday. Oh, awesome! Yeah, Tokyo Game Show starts Thursday. Gamecom Gamescom in Germany was a couple weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the internet age has been fully accepted. You don't have to go to cons anymore. People can. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot cheaper. Speaking from the business side, to produce a video yeah. like we are about to talk about for Nintendo Direct. So yeah. Nintendo two days ago said Nintendo Direct in two days. Well, they so they had it. Um, they said it was going to be earlier, and then they postponed it because of the Queen dying. Oh, yeah, they were yeah. being respectful. Okay, right, right. So <laughs> yeah. let's roll into that because that's kind of my point. Is Ooh. you know, hey, we're looking at Nintendo Direct and the what is that state of play? Yeah. I always forget what the Sony and, one's called. So, and, and I'll I'll just say before we move on into those that like, yeah, I think that's probably why PAX is what it is now is because people like the big publishers don't need this the way that they used to because it's so much more efficient oh it's so expensive the channels are (laughs) yeah right and the channels are set up for them to be able to reach consumers a lot more directly and so the people who need packs and the people who are willing to pay the money to get to packs are indie developers who just want eyes on their thing and so um they're like i did play a few things that were pretty cool and there were um 
there were interesting um, interesting concepts. I played a little bit of a kind of janky but interesting in concept game called The Forest Cathedral that's based on, um, it's like a, a fictionalized retelling of Silent Spring, the Rachel Carson book about um, uh, like DDT and um, and aerosols and their impact on the environment. Like, like the, Dang. the wrestler, DDT? Yep. It's me. It's me. It's DDT. <laughs> I'm ruining your ozone layer. <laughs> yeah, it just reverses. It just reverses gravity, and DDT's the sky. Pretty oh sure God. that's DDP, but it whatever. Is. It is. Yeah, Diamond <laughs> Dallas Page. But yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I forget what DDT stands for, but it's the like aerosol. Dungeons, yeah. Dragons, and Tuberculosis. <laughs> Yeah, that's my memoir. There you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so there's it's like all all indie stuff that needs the exposure. Yeah. Um, one thing I regret missing is uh, there were like opportunities to meet, and then a panel by um, the uh, by Dan Salvato, uh, the guy who made Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, cool. Um, which yeah, that that is a a uh, game I bought the switch version of on your recommendation i've yet to play you should and try not to learn anything about it before you play it because it's great uh and if you get stuck let me know i can give you some advice but um that'll be weird not playing it on pc uh yeah so there's a there's a way there's a there's a virtual desktop inside the game nice okay all right anyway you'll you'll see you should play it. You're not safe here. You are not. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a content warning in front of that game. You should take it seriously. I, I know. <laughs> I won't say for the <laughs> podcast in case folks listening don't know. But I know I know something about it. Yeah. Very minor, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, did you go? To, did you have a chance to go to any panels? Um, no. So, none so I think th- Retronauts had a panel. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't notice that. I didn't find any that were super. Ooh, it was on Sunday, though. You didn't go Sunday. I didn't go Sunday, okay. so I didn't yeah. even look at at those. Yeah, but, yeah. It, um, it, I know it was on Sunday. So. I I would have gone to the the Doki Doki Literature Club panel, but it was at like like. 9 p.m. on Saturday night, and I just didn't didn't want to be downtown that late, especially because the show floor closes at six. Yeah, uh, and so and yeah, it was, it was I was pretty wiped out by then anyway. Cons are just exhausting if they're that big, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting. I don't um, I'm glad in some ways that I went, um, but also I don't know if I will be going back next year. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate their tabletop section has been growing and growing, and there was a lot of really cool, interesting tabletop game stuff, and I bought a bunch of dice. Uh, it was a great time uh, up there, and that stuff is uh, less populated by people, so it was nice and relaxed. Well, and the retro game stuff, uh, I'm going to hold it up in front of the camera real oh, quick, yeah. but uh, <laughs> Nick picked me up. Uh, this is uh, Monster Hunter 3G, which is the expansion version of 3, um, mm-hmm. the Japanese version, um, so adding to my yeah. collection of Monster Hunter games, so yeah. he saw that and was like, hey, and I went, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was from the Pink Gorilla booth. Pink there Gorilla, great local Seattle game store. Um, I also uh, picked up a copy of a horrible PS1 fighting game called uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Warriors of Ravenloft Iron and Blood. That's too long. It's, yeah. How many colons are in that? Uh, at least two. Oh, God. Um, but uh, I'm excited <laughs> for that. two characters in the game, huh? Yep, Iron, Blood. Um, no, so I, I picked that up partly because uh, it's set in Ravenloft, which is the setting where the adventure Curse of Strahd takes place, which is um, a... Uh, uh, a 
uh, campaign that I have been playing in recently. And so uh, some of the characters I'm familiar with and also I just think bad fighting games are hilarious. So how many of the characters are crows? Uh, I don't think there are any crows. Bad games. It's it's not. There's no pet shop from JoJo's <laughs> to just like fly around and be annoying. Yeah, there's no well, falcon. All, all we've learned from this is uh, Death Store One, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, too many colons, zero. <laughs> yes, <laughs> too many colons. Too many colons. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's I've said my piece on unpacks. It's very different from what it used to be. It's it might still be for you, but I don't think it's for me. Um, yeah. but the stuff that I would have liked to have seen at PAX is the kind of thing that we got at, out of the Nintendo Direct and Sony Direct. Exactly. <laughs> Sony Direct. <laughs> the, so, the Sony Direct. Uh, the, Sony, the Nintendo the, State of Play the and the Sony ingest. Direct. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Zach, what was, uh, what was something from the Nintendo Direct this morning that, uh, piqued your interest? I'm going to not say Tears of the Kingdom, which is Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, if, which sick name, by the way. That's awesome. great name. Also very funny because the queen just died. Tears of the kingdom. <laughs> oh, no. uh, I know, I know. I can't uh, take credit for that. Someone shared that with me. I thought it was very funny. That's really. Good. Um, I wonder if that's why they postponed it. <laughs> actually, maybe that's yeah. actually a really good idea could, because could be, uh, that would be a little. Anyways, or, or they're capitalizing on the British audience right I now. I think it goes without saying. <laughs> everybody on the planet Earth is excited for that game, so I'm not going to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. One game I am going to talk about, which is something I just learned recently exists, and I was looking at buying the old copy of it because I wanted to play it. And then I saw they were making a Switch remake, and it happened to be in the Nintendo Direct, which is Front Mission first. Yeah. They're also making remaking uh, the second and third game as well. Mm-hmm. The second game has never been released in English. Oh, that's inter- interesting. Cool. I didn't know that. And the first game was a Super Famicom game in Japanese only, got released on the PS1 in Japanese only, and then remade on the DS in English. Mm-hmm. So this is actually its second remake. I think I played wow. a little bit of the DS version because it's a tactics game. It is, so. yeah. So if you're unfamiliar, it's a Square Enix or a Square or Soft at the time. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, tactics RPG that is like futuristic and like mech focused. Yeah. And it sounds so cool. And I just recently learned it. I don't know. How, oh, I was listening to a PS2 uh, playlist for music while I was working <laughs> and some yeah. and some song came. I was like this song is really good what is this and it was said Front Mission 4 and I was like what the hell is Front mm-hmm. Mission what do they call the the mechs in Front Mission they've got some funny name uh, what are they called know. they're not fronts are they no that would not surprise gosh me. yeah uh, they, they're something silly but I know Nick is looking that up right now uh-huh. so continue Zach I mean, they, they, it's something like I listen to it and I'm like that's kind of silly <laughs> <laughs> probably but I so I was listening to the song and it made me go, "What the hell's Front Mission?" I w- googled it and I was like, "This sounds amazing! How have I never heard of this game?" Oh, Nick's laughing. What is it? They're Wanzers. That's right. Wanzers. They're called Wanzers. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes. Uh, it, it so it specifically it's from the German word word uh, Wanderpanzer, or I guess it's Wanderpanzer, uh, or Walking Tank. Okay. It just sounds like Wonderpants to me. <laughs> okay. Tiny Tina's Wonderpants. <laughs> Tiny Tina's Wonderpants. Um, but yeah, it, it really um, it spoke to me as a game. Like I want this. Sounds awesome. Like it's a it's an old school turn based tactics RPG with like apparently a very good story. There's like five of them or six. Yeah, of them. and really good mm-hmm. customization because you can yep. customize the yeah. weapons and the bodies and the and I love mobility. Of, I love mechs yeah. to an extent. Like. Garrett and I were talking recently <laughs> about how I had never played um, Mech Assault, but I'd played like Mech Warrior 
And so, like, I, I'm a big fan of Gundam, and I know this isn't Gundam, but I like mech stuff. Yeah. I, I'm curious, did you ever play the Battletech game that came out a few years ago? I did not. I have heard it's really good, and I also have some friends who are getting into the Battletech miniatures game. Yeah. I played the Battletech card game. Ooh. Like a long-ass time ago. Yeah, That wow. means you were super cool. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, the Battletech is a, it's like a turn-based strategy rpg yep. like think like xcom but mm-hmm. with all the mechs from mech warrior because mech warrior is based off of battle yeah. battletech yeah uh-huh. and like this yeah. new battletech game is apparently uh among the most it's still not totally faithful but it's among the most faithful to the tabletop game yeah. oh, cool. heard, which has so. been going on for ever, ever. yeah for and it's barely ever. changed yeah um so like a, a lot of the people i know who are into battletech or who I know of because I don't know them personally are like in their forties. Yeah, <laughs> they've just been playing it since they were twenty, and it came out. Yeah, I played the BattleTech card game with my neighbor who lived across the street from me. He's the only person I ever played with. He would destroy me because he had way better cards than I did. Yeah, and I remember when I was moving out of my parents' house, I found my cards and I was like, "These go in the garbage." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. I don't need these. <laughs> oh, sad. But uh, anyway, yeah. So Front Mission really uh, was interesting to me. And then when I was googling it, like, "Oh, how much is this? Which fucking version do I get?" Because yeah. there's so many yeah. versions of the first game. <laughs> hey, now you. And then TV. I saw, oh, it's being remade for Switch, and it said summer 2022, and I was like, oh, I don't know when that's gonna come out. And then it was on the direct today, and it says October. So cool. Next month. So I'm very excited. I'm gonna pick that up for sure. Um, I hope yeah. they have a physical version no, of it. No, it's but gonna be digital. If no, not, it'll be sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll buy well, it digital. Maybe it may be something that gets like a Play Asia physical. I'm so. wondering if Limited Run might get this. Oh, Limited because Run, yeah. They seem to like taking the remakes of old stuff, yeah. and giving them um, like boxed editions, especially yeah. because they can like all those Shantae games, mm-hmm. and they can just make a fake Game Boy Color box and mm-hmm. put the Switch cartridge in it. Yeah. So it's five thousand dollars, and it comes with a little <laughs> RC tank. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. man, if it had a Mixed little down. plastic <laughs> Windsor, I mean, yeah. Um, uh, but it's, yeah, so it's I'll, made out of cardboard and dreams. <laughs> I'll report back on that. See if I hate it or if I love it. Um, I, I honestly don't know how I'll like the game, but I just like. The premise of it sounds amazing and really, really was something that the other day, uh, it was Monday, uh, yesterday, struck struck my interest and I was so amazed to see it on the direct today. So. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Because yep. I, I remember hearing about that. They hadn't announced, I think, the three, me- three remakes. I think the three done. remake was new today, but yeah. I'm, I'm a little sad they're all going to be separate games and not like a collection, but yeah. whatever. If yeah. I like the first one, then I'll, I'll be glad that they're remaking the second and third. But Yeah. yeah. And, and it gets it in our hands faster too because they don't need to finish all three before they release it yeah yeah it's nice it'll kind of be a little rolling release and by the time the third one's out zach will have played exactly one hour of front mission one so (laughs) (laughs) i I will give a special shout out to pikmin 4 because neither of you are going to talk about it but anyway uh that's it for me Front mission first Uh, all right um yeah, uh, like I like I uh, I wrote here on the notes, um, nothing because my heart is is cold, and nothing. <laughs> As Garrett honestly, texted I me, he's the it. killer of dreams. I'm the, I, so hold on, hold on, Zach. Will you pull up the? You don't have your phone. My phone's. Um, so anyway, I I watched it. I watched it with my wife this morning because she was like. Maybe there's a new Animal Crossing. I'm like, it's not 10. Well, I'm not like, there's not 10 years in between when Animal Crossing came out. So yeah. it's it's, it's not like, Animal Crossing. It's been two years. That's there's some farming stuff. There's fucking so, so many farming games. farming games. And four of them are produced by Square Enix. <laughs> what the hell? Square Enix trying and, to get in on that Stardew Valley market. So 
Uh, check check it off the bingo list. Uh, oh, in the recent Final Fantasy 14. in the recent patch for Final Fantasy fourteen, they added oh, a farm. No. Oh no! <laughs> There's oh, literally a farming mode. Hey, you know what's had farming for like ten years? RuneScape. RuneScape. Oh, no. Come on, Final Fantasy um, is now copying RuneScape. How does that feel, Nick? <laughs> yeah. Zach, why do you send me so many texts? Oh my god. Why I do don't know. Li- oh, why do you like me so much? Well, well, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's like just giving you a uh, anyway. Yeah, go ahead, Nick, because yeah. I gotta find this. <laughs> yeah. While you're while you're thinking about uh, how to how to roast this Nintendo Direct, yeah. Um, I uh, I'll talk about another tactics game, which was the thing that stood out to me, which I was. Uh, really, really nervous to uh, watch the trailer for because I've been burned too many times before. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, pun intended. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Um, so there was a trailer for a new Fire Emblem game. I thought that this was a Warriors game, and I was yep. gonna laugh so, so hard. I thought it was too. <laughs> I thought it was a Warriors game at first because they're like, "We're recruiting these special heroes," and I was yeah, like, "Oh, like, this is just Fire Emblem Warriors 2, right?" Yeah. Like, the map is a circle. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so like I I saw that because that was the first thing that they showed before any gameplay was like we have recruited these heroes from Fire Emblem history. So I think I was it thinking, showed Marth, right? Uh, yeah, and, and like Lynn, there was a bunch of stained glass portraits yeah. of of people from older games. It was kind of kind of cool in a way, but it made me think, okay, this is either Fire Emblem Heroes mm-hmm. or it's like Warriors Three. Warriors, just fuck off. With that. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's the uh, it it has this system apparently. What, so, what, well, it, so it's Fire Emblem Engage. Fire Emblem Engage, yes, and so. Um, it is an actual Fire Emblem game, which with actual new characters, uh, but with personas, yeah. like kind of of old Fire Emblem characters. Yeah, it's so very it's, strange. It's kind of interesting. If you remember a while back, I talked about Tokyo Mirage Sessions, uh-huh. um, which had a similar sort of thing, which w- but that was an actual like JRPG, and this is more like um, more a tactics game where you have. Uh, equipable items that are like the souls of of adventurers from from old uh so here's um, here's the conceit of this game you have to go to the graves of these old people and dig up their bones mm -hmm. and then you you make a necklace out of it and whoever you you necklace (laughs) gets to be your persona are are you joking or is that true no i made that up okay great because that that doesn't sound that there are like it's like relic of crom or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. um and i there showed a brief brief uh segment of it's roy's cod piece yeah right (laughs) (laughs) this is this is mars jockstrap yeah this is lynn's hair tie um but yeah uh yeah that's that's great i see in this the set the cheat yeah the chat yeah kinzaraki talking about yeah. Uh, I beat him to the Tokyo Mirage reference. But. And, and Zach uh, getting called out for texting Rugged Dookie early on a Sunday morning about Pokemon. Yep. I don't know who Rugged Dookie oh. is in chat, but uh-huh. you might know. Who do you text about Pokemon? That's the person. There's two people. Great. Uh, great. All right. Who knows? Well, That's one of them. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, that That is uh, um, Aaron who played uh, Turtles with us. Oh, oh, Aaron. Hey, what's up, man? Very cool. Oh, yeah. I thought the name looked familiar. <laughs> yeah. R- Rugged Dookie. That's yeah. the one you remember. Amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is a legit Fire Emblem game. Um, I, I have to say this is probably the weirdest looking protagonist the game the series has ever seen i saw a funny post on reddit said he looks like joy cons yeah he does because (laughs) so his hair he has this like short but kind of spiky uh hairstyle that is blue on one side and red on the other 
and his eye colors are that but swapped. Yay! Hooray! And so it's it's really strange. Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely the kind of character (laughs) who can only be a main character. But I have to imagine there might be some sort of story thing of like he has two souls entwined in him, and I I don't know. Well, they show on the art because I think they only showed the the male protagonist, but there's also the the female one as well. So you can pick which one you want. But they both have the same style. One just has very long hair and f- and feminine features and has the same red and blue and swapped eye color. It's on like the cover of the game. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So kind of like Corrin and Byleth. I like that they've been doing that. How yeah. long has it been since Three Houses? Uh, I want to say four years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sounds- that's a fair amount of time between games. Yeah, four, four or five. I want to say it might have been twenty seventeen. I'm, I could look it up, but uh, it's, yeah, it's enough time that I was ready for a new one. But I, I didn't believe it until I saw the hex, or like not the hexes, but the squares of grid. Yeah, on, on the screen. Like, oh, it's actually like, tactics. It's real. It's, yeah. real. it's not a war. And they game. led the direct with that too. It was pretty. Oh, that was the first thing. That was the that first came, thing yeah. they showed. I watched it piecemeal, so yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't catch that. That was yeah. the first thing. So. It ends, and I'm at work, and I texted Zach, and I said, boo, new 22nd Zelda trailer. <laughs> and then I said, I said, Pokemon Stadium and GoldenEye were the only things that made me go, that's fine. Like, oh, I, was yeah, like that's I was like, okay, N64, right? Zach goes, no, man, Pikmin 4, Fire Emblem Engage, mm-hmm. Zelda. And I said, I don't care. I really don't <laughs> care. I'll be excited. I said, I'll be excited when Zelda releases and I can play it. I'm tired of watching Link fall from the sky. <laughs> And then Zach said, I will never not be excited. I don't care how long it takes. You don't want to watch him ride a magic elevator for seven seconds? I guess. Absolutely. No. I want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be anyway. So my my title that I gave myself, as I said, I am Gert, killer of dreams and excitement, lord of tempered expectations. (laughs) Yeah. I I just, nothing, nothing has come out of first party Nintendo that has personally excited me in a very long time. And I, I've already ranted about this, so I won't talk about it. So every time I see Nintendo direct, I'm waiting for the thing that like makes me have that feeling again. Like what we're going to talk about next. And unless is there something <laughs> else in Nintendo that you guys want? Nah. No. Okay. So the next thing, Sony state of play, they actually dropped a Tekken eight trailer. And I was like, man, like I am not a Tekken player. Uh, I appreciate it. We saw it at Evo. Yeah. I was like, okay, Tekken 8 made me want to play Tekken 7 so you that should. I can play Tekken 8 and be like have some of that skill built up because it looks amazing. It made me feel it looks so excited. So good. Not yeah, just it, because wow. it's a Tekken game or not just because it's a fighting game. It's just it made me feel excited and nothing in the Nintendo Direct made me feel as excited as that minute and a half gameplay trailer. Yeah, and it and it was a gameplay trailer. Like it wasn't just like they have shown almost nothing of this game except for like a render of Kazuya's face smirking. Get ready. Yeah, right. Um, but but what they did was they had basically a round start introduction length conversation between um, between Kazuya and um, Jin, and then they just fight. Yeah, like, it, it does a cool like you think it's like a cinematic render and then it zooms out and they just start going. And you're like, oh, shit, is this in game <laughs> yeah. footage? And these, these are actual like moves like these yeah. are moves that they've had for 20 years. They, they did electrics at the same time at each other, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, it, it was very cool. It, uh, the lighting effects specifically are what stood out to yeah. me. Like there was lightning 
you know, striking and, and lighting up their bodies temporarily. Like yeah. it was just graphically incredibly impressive. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was just, yeah. And, and nothing gave me that level of excitement for like, I don't care. Like, like Zach said about Zelda, I don't care when this game comes out, like let it bake, let it come out good. Uh, and when, I'm when really, and, and I'm really <laughs> excited for it. I mean, um, yeah, a couple other things came. I don't want to steamroll over people's turns, but yeah, a couple other things showed in the in the state of play, and I was just like, nothing gave me that level of yeah. excitement. And That's I a went back. There, yeah, I, and I, I went. Agree. I, I went back and went through Nintendo Direct, and I'm like, eh, yeah, Tekken Eight. Tekken Eight wins today. No, nope, disagree, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's 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 cool, and um, yeah, Tekken Seven is in a great place right now. Yeah. I feel like I I play it very casually, so I have no idea about balance. Uh, I know my favorite character aesthetically. I, I apparently, Kuma. I apparently have a a habit of doing this in tabletop games too, where I like find uh find a character interesting aesthetically and play them, and then uh I find out that they're crazy broken powerful. So like Julia, Julia is adorable and great, uh and uh very cool, and like I like her fighting style. She does. Is this the streamer girl? It is. Ah, yes. Yeah, and okay. she has that, like, Bajiquan Kung Fu, the really, like, brutal, uh, like, shoulder and elbow hit, mm-hmm. um, uh, like, your whole body is a weapon type type yeah. Kung Fu, uh, which I think is really cool. Um, like, Yun and Yang in Street Fighter do that, too, and Jamie a little bit. But um, anyway, I thought she was cool. Apparently, she was, like, the most broken character <laughs> prior to the post-Evo uh, patch. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so, so I can never funny. tell who anybody is because they're wearing such crazy costumes. Right. Other than like, oh, that's the giant dude who looks like Sagat because he's got tattoos <laughs> from head to toe and he's yeah. massive. Or, or Gigas. Or that one's a bear. Yeah. Like, yeah, Gigas you can tell who has King tentacles. is. No, because there's well, King Armor and King. Armor King. Yeah. Yeah. One's metal. I can't, I can't tell. No. What? No. You you just have to look at the portrait. Like that's what I yeah, do at this right. point. Like who the fuck is this? Oh okay, the portrait. Yeah. Um, uh, Negan. <laughs> Who's yeah. Negan? Oh jeez. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tekken Seven is is great. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, definitely check out Tekken Seven. I've been playing it on Xbox. Uh, I look forward to uh, playing it together one of these days if you pick it up. It's very frequently on sale, including yeah. all of the the dlc i think i'm pretty sure he already owns it because i think we yeah we have played together oh I, and i bought it all because i i support fighting games because i want them to continue <laughs> to disease i have a i have a disease for fighting games well, and but uh, also as, as uh somebody pointed out in chat yes i've got this uh like third size uh, arcade uh dealio over here the marvel versus capcom 2 one comes like october so yeah i'm excited for yeah keep keep an eye out in the background probably in that slot where you can just see a a little square of audio baffling yeah there will be marvel there will be marvel (laughs) but uh, but yeah it's tekken tekken 7 i've bought it and every time the update came out i would wait till it would go on sale and i'd buy it and then with season four they're like oh rollback they have rollback in there and that's when i actually played some rounds of tekken and, and actually really enjoyed it yeah, Tekken is the game that the one fighting game that Lauren played growing up, and so I've uh, played a significant amount of Tekken Seven with her, um, and she's uh, not bad at it. I uh, uh, she doesn't really play fighting games in general, but um, but she just enjoys Tekken and like has an affection for the characters because she's been playing since three and mm-hmm. uh, uh, playing with her sister growing up, and yeah, cool cool stuff. I. Um, uh, 
I'm excited for Tekken 8 in particular as well, and this will probably be the thing to get me to actually learn Tekken, because being a 3D fighter and, like, it's just in general, it's so different from any other fighting game. There yeah. are, like, pretty specific, like, combo strings uh, and and special moves and command normals. Like, there, there's so much more complexity to the movesets than there are in a 2D fighting game. So it's, yeah. there's a lot to learn. Characters that have been around since Tekken 1 have yeah. their original moves from Tekken 1. Yeah. and. That, that game definitely has uh, a lot of legacy skill built into it because yeah. and it's just it just keeps building and they do add new mechanics, but it's not like Street Fighter where there's a brand new mechanic and they actually change the speed and and, yeah. and the, the move types or reduce moves or add moves. It's just, it just it's additive. Yeah. It just continues to build. So like, Tekken 8, if they continue with this <laughs> scale, they're yeah. going to have like 50 plus characters if they continue building off of the roster that they've had for so long yeah and like like street fighter actively works to diminish the effect of legacy skills so that people who are good at third strike are not necessarily going to be good at four right um but uh but tekken does no such thing and it has some really brutally difficult things too like um uh like electrics are frame perfect you have to hit the uh, final motion input and the attack button on the very same frame or it doesn't happen yep. or it, it happens in a weaker version. Um, and it's so, called a spark. Yes. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so like that is also apparently much easier on a hitbox. So I'm going to have to borrow your mm. hitbox sometime and see if it works. Well, you got to get this jerk to actually use it and then, uh, oh, then you been. can borrow it. Yeah. Not lately. Not lately, I've been but I won't harass him this time. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but Nick, uh, I mean, unless do you have something else <laughs> that you wanted to add because we had the same thing we were excited about for PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. Nick can go first. I, I have a second pick I can talk about. Yeah. But, yeah, cool. Tek yeah. Tekken 8 was my number one. There wasn't anything else particularly exciting, um, but there was something else to come out, but Nick can go first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tekken is awesome. That, that was super cool. But another thing I saw that, uh, caught my attention in this was an indie game from a new developer, I think Ironwood Studios, um, it's a game called Pacific Drive, and um, oh yeah, it's it's hard to really glean too much about it because this is the first time it's been announced, and the trailer was not super super detailed. But um, it appears to be a game where you are driving through the Pacific Northwest, and reality is bending around you and trying to kill you. And so you have this car that you occasionally have to get out of to repair and like clear roadblocks and stuff, but um, you are mostly just driving along the road. And um, I don't know much about it, but I like the vibe and I like that it's set around here. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it looks cool and I'm curious to check it out. Like there, there's so many, like one of the takeaways from PAX is that there are just so many indie games. It's very hard to sift through the chaff and find yeah. ones that are really interesting, but this one seems cool. So it's caught my attention, which yeah. is difficult. Well, what's your second choice? Um, I can't remember the full title. It was, it was like a dragon. <laughs> oh yeah, Ish Ishkin. Uh, Ishin. Ishin, I believe. Um, and it just uh, the only reason that it was, it's a Sega game and it's a remake. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it came out on before, but it was uh, never released in English. And the thing that caught my eye is it looks like it's got to be running in the Yakuza engine. The faces and everything look very similar to Yakuza. Yeah. And yeah. it well, well the this is a remake of this is a Kenzan. Uh, or no, not Kenzon, but um, uh, Kiwami style uh, remake of a game that came out in 2014. So okay, oh, okay, 
Yeah, so what it, whatever this game is, I don't really know. Like, it looked to me like it was, like, Ronin Samurai with maybe with some pistols, so, like, right on that edge of transitioning. Uh, yeah. But it looked like that era of Yakuza. And mm-hmm. it really, I was like, I hope that's what this game is because that's going to be amazing. Yeah, And I'm pretty sure that is what that game is. Um, I played... Uh, back when I was learning the Japanese language, I imported a handful of games on the PS3, uh, which is not region locked, shockingly, despite Mm. every other PlayStation being region locked. (laughs) Um, so I, um, I imported uh, one of the games I imported because I was particularly into Yakuza at the time, um, was, uh, Ryuga Gotoko Kenzan, um, of course, uh, which is... Uh, the like the first part is the name of the Yakuza games means like a dragon, mm. um, and they only just they did the Resident Evil Seven Biohazard uh. Uh, thing for Seven actually of making it Yakuza Seven like, like a dragon. A dragon. Yeah. Okay, so it must be then. Yeah, so yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, okay. yeah, like a dragon that is like it. It literally is a Yakuza game. Yeah. Okay. You, well, I'm yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Um, G- give me some some samurai yakuza. <laughs> I'm down. But yeah. yeah, Kenzan is a little earlier. It's pre-guns. It's like Shogunate era, era, which I guess that's. Oh gosh, I, I'm I'm totally screwing this up. I I should have done more research on when exactly Kenzan is set, but it is very much, um, uh, very much a yakuza formula game, but brought into feudal Japan. Um, and so Ishin, I'm, I, I haven't been following the series, uh, that much, uh, for the Japanese only releases, but I have to imagine that Ishin is like sort of a follow up to Kenzon. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you'll I'll, like it. I'll have to look it up. But yeah. Sounds dope. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. Cool. Well, Nintendo direct state of play packs, what we've been playing. We've run through the co-ops gauntlet. Yeah. Right. Uh, do either of you have any uh, lasting opinions, anything that you want to say about Asahi? It's it's not bad, actually. It's been kind of yeah. growing on me. Like, it it has, it's not weedy per se, but it has a distinct flavor that um, that I, I like. And it, yeah, it's, uh, it's not super light. It is super dry, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyone watching on video has may notice that I do did the thing that I do with bottles of beer <laughs> always, which is immediately <laughs> peel off the label. Um, and so I have just a clean bottle. Um, no, Mine's clean, but from the inside. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool. And it, it was not super expensive. So this, I could see myself picking this up if I don't feel like something super flavor blasted mm-hmm. like uh like, like an goldfish IPA. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I would definitely say pair this with like some some good like get some good like japanese like get some teriyaki or get some yeah. noodles or something like that something that's flavorful. not pasta yeah <laughs> not lasagna you <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> i already yeah. made that joke garrett yeah, i yeah. know we've moved on no uh-huh. i don't think so <laughs> garrett never moves on i never move on <laughs> so yeah, de- yeah definitely i would recommend that's that's how I would how I would drink it. It makes me think about that. Um, unfortunately, our uh, local Japanese restaurant Muto closed permanently today. Yeah, sadly. Um, so they were the place where I would get that, and I would get my udon noodles from there. Mm-hmm. And even on a hot summer day, oh, so good. There is um, there is a uh, a really great teriyaki place in town though. Um, 
uh, called Hana Teriyaki down yes. in the Lettered Streets. They're great. We order them for work all the time. Oh, they have spicy chicken. So it's jealous. delicious. So jealous. Zach, do you have a favorite chicken place? <laughs> favorite teriyaki place? There is also... <laughs> actually, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't ever well, get chicken teriyaki. Well, I don't, or be, I don't know why. Before uh, we tangent back into food, I want to say that you can find us. <laughs> you can find us. We are the cast of the Co-Hops podcast. Yeah. Um, you can find us Spotify, Apple Music, uh, uh, YouTube Music, everywhere. Everywhere they find podcasts. Co-Hops podcast. Uh, we try to release one every week. We also have weekly streams. So at least every Tuesday around 6.30, 7.30, we post in our Discord and on Twitter. Um, you can find us at Co-Hops Podcast, all one word, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and now YouTube. Uh, yeah. Started cutting down some of our Except for not at that dreams. URL. Not at that URL. You have to actually search us because you don't get a custom URL until you have a certain amount of followers or whatever. Oh, 100. So please please 100. follow us. Yeah, Make yeah. it easier for you to find us. Yeah, and those who just tuned, tuned in for the first time and chatted with us, thanks for joining us. Thanks for chatting. Yeah, welcome. Um, and just uh, jump on our Discord or look on Twitter for our updates for our streams. We're going to be doing more and more of this as we go through. So thanks again. This is a wrap on episode 50 of the Co-Hops Podcast.